Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Joey Vitale views things a little differently. Just imagine how he looks at hockey. This is The View from Vitale, brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. Grimsley, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker, the opening drive, 101 ESPN. We head to the celebrity line, and our friend, the great Joe Vitale, is with us. Uh, Joey, were you up early to run this morning? Uh, I was up early, Randy. I, I didn't end up making the run this morning. I took my son Bodie out to breakfast, actually. I tried to, I tried to get my, grab my little guys, my older three at least, once every few weeks or so, and, and this was his morning. He didn't let me forget about it. So got in late last night from the game, a uh, few hours of sleep. Up at the crack of dawn, he was, you know, poking me and say, "Dad, it's time to go to breakfast." We went down there to uh, Spencer's Grill here in Kirkwood, and uh, he got the old chocolate chip pancake and bacon to breakfast of champions, and uh, that's how I spent my morning on this kind of cloudy, dreary, rainy, rainy day. Okay, so he got what I would have gotten. What did you get? I got a cup of coffee and I washed them. I washed them. I, I, I'm trying to do a little bit more of like a fast in the morning, so I'm trying to do like the water and coffee thing, and which has been it's been feeling pretty good lately. But I'm trying to miss breakfast as much as I can, uh, which is hard because Spencer's Grill's got a, a heck of a breakfast over there in Kirkwood, and and I'm watching my son uh, take one bite at a time on his chocolate chip pancake, and I kept asking, I say, hey, you gonna save me any? And of course, uh, the answer was uh, flat out no. But uh, no, it was great to. Great to spend some one-on-one time uh, with him and, and parents out there. Of course, Randy, yourself, you know, it's when when you you have a lot of kids, it's the, there's this dynamic of them in the house, and, and everyone's got a role, and, mm-hmm. and Bodie's, Bodie's right in the middle. So he's always kind of between the, the younger ones and the older ones, and, and to try to grab him on the side every now and then and to do the best I can as far as give him his uh, one-on-one time. And, and it's, it's funny to see when, when you do that, uh, the conversations and the direction it goes in. That's so great. What And these are memories that as a dad you'll never forget, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, just um, understanding understanding his his mind. He's very different than me. I mean, it, that's what the hard as, as parents, as, as we all know, you know, it's hard because, you know, if, if every kid was like you, it'd be, I guess, easy. It wouldn't it maybe be as fun, but it'd be a lot easier. Like, oh, yeah, this is how I think. This is how you think. This is how we think. This is easy. Let's just figure this out. But uh, he is he's a left-handed. Uh, he's art, artsy. I mean, he woke up this morning. He started drawing a seahorse. I mean, he's very artsy. He's very different than me, um, which has been uh, almost a, a challenge but a blessing to learn how his mind works and, and what he's into. And uh, it's really challenged me as a father. He has really challenged me as a father. So it's been it's been a wonderful experience having him. That's great. I'm glad you were able to do that. Okay, one other quick question for you. In our country, in our society, how has the chocolate chip pancake not become just the normal pancake? Why, why is the buttermilk pancake the normal pancake? Why isn't the chocolate chip pancake? Why don't we... Just order pancakes and just assume that they're going to be chocolate chip pancakes. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I was just thinking about so in Belgium, in Belgium you order a waffle and it comes with the pearl sugar. Have you ever had one of these, Randy? Like the pearl sugar, uh, they're called like uh, the Lage waffle. No, L-I- you turned me on to the idea, but I have not had one yet. Okay, yeah, so you go to Belgium and you order a waffle and it just comes with pearl sugar. And I, I'm with you, man. Like, listen, I'm with you. I think that I think that any inclusion on the on the pancake, if we were going to make it standard across the board, I don't think that I don't think you can argue the chocolate chip. And I, and I don't know where the buttermilk uh, standard 
uh, came from. Uh, but listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock the buttermilk pancake. I think it needs I think it needs a little bit of sour to balance out that sweet. We've talked about balance in the past, uh, but no, I think that uh, you know my son the other day he he put uh, chocolate chips with his waffles in this. We got kind of this cheap waffle maker, and he decided I'm gonna add chocolate chips and waffle. I can't tell you what this thing has done to my, my waffle maker. I mean, it is like stuck. It's like, it's like a hot, like solid caramel. I'm like, I'm like carving this thing out. I'm still working on it. It's been about four or five days. So that's one mistake from a waffle standpoint. I, I'll have to learn. The key is the mini chocolate chips, Joey. If you get mini chocolate chips, it doesn't have nearly the negative effect on your waffle iron. Oh, that's okay. Now I know that. Now I, I could have used that advice about four or five days ago, Randy. I, I wish our hits were on Monday. I, I would have been able to figure that out. Well, Joey, I want to ask you about obviously the Blues victory last night, taking down the Rangers five to two. It's their third victory against a first place team since Drew Bannister took over. What do these wins mean, especially the wins against the type of competition they're beating? Well, I mean, listen, Brooke, they're, they're beating good teams because they're, they're playing very low risk hockey, you know, and that's, that's the reality. You know, you, you look at the way this team is playing and they're playing the way that they know they have to play to win. You know, I think that you look at the depth of this squad, you look at how this team is built. Um, it is not necessarily a, a elite top caliber jump off the page on paper team. It's not you know, what we saw with the Colorado Avalanche. It's not a Dallas Stars grouping, right? This is this is a group of certainly some talented players, but but this is still a, a bit of a retool and, and a refurbish, if you will, and, and moving in a good direction. But I'm not going to sit here and say that this is the, the caliber team the Blues had back in 19 and 20 when they were winning Stanley Cups and, and finishing in the first of their conference before, of course, COVID hit. So with that being said, I think that the top caliber teams can fall back on and lean on depth, lean on talent, lean on players like Nathan McKinnon just to take over the game. And I think this blue squad knows that if they're going to be successful and they want to win games, it's just going to have to be a very low risk style of game. It's got to be uh, low risk in the offensive zone. You can't afford to turn the puck over. We saw that a couple of games ago against the Florida Panthers, a couple of turnovers hurt you. I think it's a very responsible style. You have to play tight defensively. Is it always super flashy and super sexy? No. I mean, last night, don't get me wrong, was great. I mean, Jordan Cairo took over the game offensively, uh, but aside from Cairo, there, there weren't a ton of chances. I think the Blues finished with 19 shots on goal, and you compare that to, I think, the 41 or 42 on the New York Rangers. So it's not a very explosive uh, flashy offense that's going to bring you to the edge of your seat the entire game. But listen, it's effective. It, it's boring and it's effective. And right now, I think the Blues have certainly found that groove of what works, what doesn't work. And they know by playing that low risk, um, somewhat rewarding hockey, you're going to beat some very good teams because you're going to stifle them and you're going to make sure that you outpatient them throughout the stretch of 60 minutes. Joey, doesn't it seem like the, the formula for the Blues and for a lot of teams, it's this. It's goaltending and Bennington was awesome last night. Special team they get two power play goals. You're going to have to do that at some point this season. It's got to get better. It was last night. And your your big players have to show up and play. And that, that top line was terrific last night. I know it sounds cliche, but that's kind of the way the Blues have to play this year. They got to be near perfect, uh, Dan, to answer your question. I think in this stretch, and that's something that Drew Bannister addressed two weeks ago as they were entering into this stretch of the Dallas Stars Colorado Avalanche, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Vancouver Canucks, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers. I mean, think about this stretch that they're in the, I mean, they are literally in the middle of this storm of a stretch of unbelievable hockey teams that are at the top of their class. And, you know, heading into this two weeks ago, he said, 
One thing is definitely certain. We are going to have to play as near a perfect of a game to give ourselves just a chance, just to give ourselves a chance. I mean, go back to that Florida game two games ago. I thought the Blues actually played a pretty good game. And you got a 2-1 game in the third period. And this is a Florida team that won seven straight. So this is a really good Florida team. You're only down by a goal. You're in a good spot. Right. And what happens? You have one turnover, two turnovers, and both of those end up in the back of your net. I mean, that's what he's talking about. You have to play as close to a perfect style and responsible style just to give yourself the chance. And I think in last night's game is, is a perfect example. I think that your goaltender was exceptional. I, I mean, exceptional with the capital D. I think that was maybe his best performance of the season. I know from a save standpoint, he's had games where he's had more saves. But I'm talking about quality chances, timely chances for New York. You know, shortly after the Blues grab the lead, Artemi Panarin's on the back door. He gets all the wood on it on a back door tap in, and then Bennington slides over, makes a big save. So I think that he was great. The power play gave you a nudge, uh, first unit and the second unit, which was which was great. Each one picked up a goal in last night's game with Kyrou and Brandon Saad uh, being the goal scorer on both units. And then you play just a very, very tight defensive game. You just didn't give the New York Rangers a ton of room. But, you know, with all that being said, in this stretch, good teams, the Blues know how they got to play. One thing is certain. It doesn't really matter about systems. doesn't matter about your power play. doesn't matter about depth. Forget all that. Forget your top players. If you don't have a goalie who played the way Jordan Bennington played last night, you, you just don't have a chance. I don't care how good your power play is. I don't care how good your top players are. You need a backstopper. I mean, and that's what's so uh, encouraging and intriguing about this Blues team as they now find themselves three games over 500, pushing for 10 and 11 games over 500 because they know that's what it's going to take to get into the playoffs. That's what's intriguing. Can they get there? I think so. I really do because when you have a goalie, that can stand on his head and is competitive and is poised and is so good about making those timely saves like Bennington is, that to me is what separates the Blues from, let's say, like an Arizona Coyotes or a Seattle Kraken or some of these other Calgary Flames teams that are right there in this kind of wild card race as we approach the halfway point on Saturday night. All right, Joey V, before we let you go, you grew up in St. Louis, a native. You're obviously a guy that played winter sports. You've got five kids. If we get snow, get four, five, six inches of snow, the Vitali family's go-to hill for sledding. Oh, that's, that's a great question. So, I mean, Art Hill is the number one. Obviously, that that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit of a drive, though. We actually go to a De Pere Park, which is right off Manchester there. It's right on the back side of the park. Right at it's Manchester and Ballas, right on the corner there. Bingo, right there. They have a lake, which obviously is, is wonderful. But then on the back side, they have this little hill, and it, it kind of leads into a creek, which the kids the kids love. And, and, I, and I love Brandy because, you know, you get down, and that's it's rewarding enough of a hill, but it's not as excruciating getting up. That's the one thing about Art Hill. It's like, yes, is it a blast for 20 seconds? But then it's miserable for another 10 minutes to get <laughs> the crime right. climb back up. Like anything in life, you got to have – you got to have some resemblance of a balance where you have to kind of make this thing work. And, and within about 10 minutes, of course, I'm usually the, I'm the Sherpa. I'm hauling kids. I'm hauling sleds. <laughs> I'm the carrier of things, if you will, when it comes to sledding at the kids' ages that they are. Uh, and usually someone gets hurt within the first 45 minutes. So that's the good news. If it's too cold, within 45 minutes, we're usually heading home with bandages bruised up and mildly got hot chocolate on the soap. All right. Hey, we'll be tuned in tomorrow night for the Blues and the Bruins. Always good to hear your voice, Joey V. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You three have a great weekend as well. Always a pleasure, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's Joe Vitale with us on 101 ESPN.